Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. On today's episode, we tackle Conspiracy X, a game with a cover that lies to you. It looks like it should be about Aerosmith firing CDs at the natural-born killers, but instead, it's one of those alphabet agencies games, but like versus aliens and everyone's psychic. It's uh, it's really hard to get a grasp on the rules, and yet we're going to try anyway and tell you all about them on today's System Mastery. John. Hey. You know how sometimes people will give us a little bit of money? Just a little bit of money. Just a little bit of money, and we'll record an ad for them, and we'll put it at the top of the show. Yes, indeed. And we're very careful with who we let do this and what we let them have us say. Yes. We are. We are controlling. So careful. That's why you never hear us talking about, like, me undies or whatever, unless it's a a full-on joke, which stretches on for 20 minutes, and we do it all the time. (laughs) But you never hear it. You never hear it. No. Well, that's not what we're doing today. We have a good cause to talk about today in our announcement mastery. That's right. One that's, uh, you know, dear to me. Yeah, I understand. Near and dear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, it's it should be near and dear to everybody. Yeah. I mean, this is Solo But Not Alone 2. So this is the second uh, Solo But Not Alone uh, project that is coming out. Now, this is a bundle mm-hmm. of 101 different solo RPGs. That's right. Uh, so they're all just single-player games Every single kind of genre you can think of. It's all fantasy, uh, Western, horror. No, it's all fantasy. Every genre you can think of. Fantasy. But, <laughs> fantasy Fantasy. Again. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, a variety of genres and a variety of intensity levels and all kinds of, uh, of just interesting gameplay experiences for one. Yeah. And you go from is- like... You know, actual super involved things that'll take a while to do to just short little meditations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super cool. Uh, it's part of Jasper's Game Day, mm-hmm. and this is all a uh, online nonprofit. Is Jasper's Game Day? It's dedicated to preventing suicide, uh, promoting awareness, education, supporting infrastructure. It's uh, as someone who has dealt with depression and suicidal uh, ideation in my life. I always love to see resources out there for people, and something like this, Mm -hmm. super great, blends both my interests and my sads. (laughs) And as someone who uh, relies entirely on someone who has dealt with with depression and (laughs) suicidal ideation, it's also dear and dear to my own heart. (laughs) Uh, If you want to know more about Jasper's Game Day, you can, of course, go to their site, which is just Mm -hmm. jaspersgameday.com. But for Solo But Not Alone... Uh, it is organized by Cat McDonald. We have a total of 74 different game designers who have donated to this bundle. It's $10 for 101. Yeah, so less, it, than, less than 10 cents a game. It is ridiculous how much value you get out of this. Absolutely. It's completely worth your, worth your $10 investment. Plus, you know that that, inv- that investment is going to a very good and very important place. Yeah. And, I mean, we've got designers from all around the world. Uh you know, cats from Canada, but we've got designers from, you know, the UK, Brazil, mm-hmm. all around. And so you can check out uh, a bunch of the different games that are going to be in there. If you want to just get a couple, you don't want the whole bundle. You can pay what you like for those. Yep. Yeah. But you really, for 10 bucks, why aren't you just getting the whole bundle and getting every one of these games and supporting a good cause? Yeah. It's a great I mean, deal. 
just go over to uh, itch.io. Look for the uh, Solo, Solo But Not, but not Alone, Alone two. Two because we actually we actually did an ad read for this for Solo But Not Alone one. Yeah, this is a this is a recurring for us a for a, a, a very rare event. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it just started a couple days ago, mm-hmm. so you can get in while the getting's good. It's mm-hmm. gonna run uh, until March. Yep. So you've got a little bit of time to get in there, and uh, hopefully you will go support this this good cause. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh. They, they do have a goal they've set for themselves this year. That goal is just to beat last year, which is somewhere in the 30,000-plus range. Uh, they are currently already exceeding 3,000, and as of this recording, it's only been a couple hours since this thing launched. So uh, so it's definitely going fast. Although, if you if you buy into the bundle, this isn't Kickstarter. This isn't pass-fail. You're going to get all those games the moment you give them your 10 bucks. Yeah, this is just a ton of product for mm-hmm. very little that goes to a good cause you honestly there's no no raw deal here everything is great and you come in yep you give those ten dollars you know it's going to a good cause you yep. know you're getting stuff help jasper sped, uh, spread their message of hope to uh, to people who are going through difficulties right now that they are not a critical failure by supporting this bundle at itch.io uh, just search for solo but not alone too and of course as always, we'll include links to everything uh, in our Twitter feed and on the website, uh, our, our website itself, just so you can you can follow through and support the bundle. And we really hope you do. Yep. Great. Then uh, with that set aside, why don't we get to the show and just rip into a game? The, the exact right thing to do after saying such heartfelt stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Jeff, your host of System Mastery, joined as always by the other host, John. There he is, walking around. Oh, Lottie coming. I don't know why I'm walking around. I should probably sit down for this. Yeah, I don't know why you're pacing. You're not fucking Dennis Leary. You haven't earned what he's earned. (laughs) A swift kick in the pants? (laughs) You haven't earned what he seems to think he's earned. Is that better? (laughs) Everyone to love him for being a fireman, even though he was just in a TV show about being a fireman. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's steal that honor. <laughs> Give me that honor. I'm Dennis Leary. I'm going to smoke so many cigarettes. Ah. I don't know why I'm taking shots at him. I don't know. I, he, I always thought he was his comedy was... It was fine. Fine. It's okay. I feel like uh, he's one of those people where if you go back and look at his comedy, you're going to find out like a lot of like homophobic and transphobic stuff and be like, oh, man. Oh, sure. Obviously. Yeah. Like, I know that happened with Bob Saget recently when he died, and everyone was like, oh, Bob Saget, he was one of the good, oh, no, he had a longer career than I thought. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, anyone who went back and was like, let's look at Bob Saget's non-TV stuff, and oh. you're like, oh, well. I mean, I don't think, I I, I, I don't want to pretend like I'm some special person who's in the know about comedians who knows that Bob Saget was famously, like, a filth mouth type of comedian. Like, his whole yeah. jam, jam was doing jokes about having his penis flattened and stuff. And that that his persona on air ha- or on TV had nothing to do with his comedian per- life. Yeah, um, I think most people do that. Oh yeah. But the thing is, he has like a thirty year body of work, so you go back far enough, and you find all these longer oh, yeah. than that. 40 because or 50. if because if you're doing a thing where you're like, oh, my whole deal is being a dirty comic, a road comedian you, in like the late eighties. Yeah, if you're a dirty comic and you're in the late eighties, early nineties, you said some shit. Yeah, there's something that someone isn't gonna like now. That you definitely had opinions about. Let's just say AIDS. Yeah. Oh, it could be anybody. I mean. I know that if you go far enough back in, like, Patton Oswalt's history, for example, where everyone thinks of him as, like, this cuddly guy who shows up on every comic book show, there's, like, he did trans stuff in in, in his early days. Yeah, man. There was a time yeah. when it was 
not just okay, but that was like, ah, yes, comedy gold. Yeah, so I just don't know what to think about comedians anymore. I need to reevaluate my thoughts on every comedian. That's right. And I'm going to do it right now, right here, one at a time. Live on air. Let's start with Don Rickles. Don Rickles is unimpeachable. Fuck off. (laughs) Don Rickles never did anything wrong. He, He was the perfect gentleman from the beginning of his life to the end. Uh, I want a t-shirt that just says Don Rickles never did anything wrong. And it's just a good picture of Don Rickles in the middle. <laughs> this shirt answers a lot of questions that are being raised by the shirt. <laughs> I got to assume he did. So. I mean, the dude hung out with like Sinatra and his people. Oh, There's you have no to way assume. he didn't do horrible shit. I-, I guarantee you Don Rickles has cut off a man's thumb. <laughs> you get to a certain level of celebrity and shit tends to go a little sideways. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. The Rickles has seen some shit. Don Rickles has seen bones broken. I mean, I've seen bones broken. Yeah, but like on purpose in the back of a casino. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, that's what I'm talking I'm, about. My assumption is that Don Rickles is his character from the show, the movie Casino. <laughs> Not funny in the slightest. <laughs> and in a shitty movie. Come at me, everyone. <laughs> Casino's fine. I don't know. It's just kind of too long. I never made it through the whole thing. That's I'm like fair. Mr. Owl. <laughs> never made it to the middle without biting yeah. my way out of my One, restraints to let's watch something else <laughs> come on let's just skip to the end and oh what do you know a casino anyway. yeah too much sharing stone stuff <laughs> don't care don't care don't care and we're done <laughs> i mean i get it some of them scorsese's are just too long yeah, I don't want a lot of Scorsese's. I know that everyone is like, he's great, and it's wonderful, and he's got opinions about things, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's fine. You can like his work. I don't care for it. I don't think they're real cinema. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Scorsese they're, films? Yeah, they're not, they don't count as real cinema. That's just bullshit. Look, that's, you that's just, just keep pumping out the yeah. same shitty story about gangsters over and over again, yeah, and we I, get it. I, we get it already. You really like Robert De Niro. Okay, fine. I don't think it counts as movies. Not art, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's definitely not art. Nothing with that much Joe Pesci can be art, except for his rap. Career. I don't know art, but I know what art is. <laughs> it's superhero movies. <laughs> I just want to make as many people as angry as possible on today's show. <laughs> I just want to get famous enough where I can hold that opinion and have it get onto the news and stuff. Yeah, just have it be like <laughs> uh, so- someone had to on some news station go. And here's what this fucker thinks about stuff. Uh huh. And I bait and switch them by telling them I have an opinion about superhero movies. And they're like, great, let's hear it. And you get on and you're like, Baba Booey, Baba Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. (laughs) Should have its own superhero movie. Uh, Excellent. Oh, wait, there is that already. It's called Ant Man. (laughs) Ant Man. All right, so let's do this. Uh, we read Conspiracy. I read it two weeks Conspiracy ago. X. Conspiracy X. I read it like two weeks ago, which was a mistake. It was. Uh, I should have gotten a second copy. Probably, yes, because God knows when I started reading it, I was like, oh, there's no way Jeff remembers any of this because I can barely hold this in my head. Like, I'll read three pages, go back to the first of those three pages and go, what the fuck was any of that? <laughs> So it's from 1997, and this is a game that's had a, a, a couple of different reissues. Well, yeah, this is the third printing we have. Yeah, this is the third. But I, and not only that, but it's been done for other game systems. Uh-huh. Like, I think you can get a GURPS Conspiracy X or something like that. I forget the specific game. I don't know. You can get a GURPS whatever. You can get anything you in get GURPS. You get a GURPS corndog. You can get a GURPS corndog. Nah, you got corndogs on the brain today, don't you? Look, I'm just saying. Korean-style corndog. They're fucking 
delicious looking. John was trying to convince me that we should call in sick and go get corn dogs, and I was like, "Call in sick to who?" Hey, James, <laughs> we're sick. <laughs> and he'd be like, "That's fine. You guys manage your own finances. No, I don't. I don't yourselves. care anything about what you do." <laughs> I have zero interaction with your show. Why are you calling me? You're not even really in the network. You're just in our chat feeds. <laughs> For some reason, we let you in the Slack. <laughs> and that was a mistake. It was. It was. Well, granted, if, if we weren't in the Slack, then it would be blissfully silent in there at all times. Yeah. Th- thankfully, sometimes we come in and go, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> and everyone appreciates us for it. That's why we guest on so many of those shows. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's why we've That's been why on- everyone yeah. wants us on their show. Yeah, that's why we've been on, like, I don't know session you know what i probably should be able to name any of anyone else's shows before i start throwing stones at them yeah there you go yeah so. i mean uh, and given that we've had all of them on our show we it's do. only fair well, they're all on the show right now we've we've established our open mic policy in the past that's right mm-hmm. five just, minutes they anything just, you want to do yeah you want to do some guitar some stand-up open mic policy <laughs> I would love to see an open mic podcast where you just like tell everyone you're going to do it in advance and let anybody record their five minute segments and send it in. Just come in and be like, yeah, dude, do it, do it, do it. And, uh, and I'm going to sit in the back and cackle at how bad it is. Cause I'm like the lifer standup guy. I <laughs> <laughs> love that shit. Well, I tried to stay on topic. I promise. Yeah. Uh, fucking point by game. The general premise is aliens. So conspiracy and, X yeah. is, I mean, it came out in, 97. 97. So yeah. it's it's definitely coming on the heels uh, of the X-Files, and they do not appreciate anyone coming on their heels. <laughs> Don't come on my heels and tell me it's raining. <laughs> come, pig. <laughs> and the entire thing, the back of the book, which I would love to go ahead and read. Sure, I'll take care of that for you. You ready? Here we go. <clears throat> on the surface. That's period. That's not a comma there. Or comma. Yeah, you know what? Let me read it. On the surface, the world looks very much like the one outside your bedroom window. The same people are walking the same dirty streets. The same animals rummage through the same garbage. And the same mindless drivel is shown on the same television stations. Oh, bird. Bird. But honestly, the big thing is... I thought you wanted to keep reading. I was giving that to you to keep going. Oh, yeah. Sometimes... <laughs> That world just doesn't seem right. You wake up in the morning and get the feeling that something isn't as it should be. Why do certain figures appear out of nowhere and become famous overnight? Why do the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? What is the government really paying for when it shells out 75 bucks for a screwdriver? Um, All of these are capitalism, by the way. Yeah, every answer to that is capitalism. Rich get richer because money attracts money. And uh, people become famous overnight because money generates famous people to generate more money. Yeah. And the government spends $75 on a screwdriver because of contracts made with with uh, defense contractors for money. Yes. Those are all just capitalism. Uh, why is it the more questions you ask, the less answers you get? I don't know. It's probably you should be getting fewer answers, but... Yeah. <laughs> you pedantic shit. <laughs> Give me that crap over pointing out a period in the middle of a sentence uh... and... <laughs> anyway, yeah, the fact that the back of it is like, oh, why are the rich getting richer? What's with all these famous people? I was like, oh, okay, so this is not just going to be, you know, from the front, you do have like a gray alien in the background, but you've got like some 
binary style code in the dude's glasses and, and all du- sorts of stuff going on in there he really does look like woody harrelson from natural born i, I mean, I mean it's, yeah it's prob- probably just because of the gun and the sunglasses but and you know it cuts off so you can't really see if he's got hair so you can kind of assume he's bald yeah your natural assumption is that this is a bald guy yeah that's your natural born assumption yeah but with the name conspiracy x my first thought was that game where you fire cds at terrorists and aerosmith gives you rewards see because of the back i thought it was going to be like all the conspiracies are true. One it of those things is, I mean, it's got at least three or four of them that are guaranteed true. Like, but it's only if it's got to do with aliens or psychic powers. That's it. Also, that's all this gives a shit. About. There's also Atlantis. No, there are Atlanteans, which are just aliens. Oh, okay. They're just aliens. So they're called Atlanteans. All right. Yes. That's fair. But I, just, I remember seeing like Atlantean nanotech and shit like that in the gear section. And it was like, Atlanteans can use this and so can humans because technically they're kind of similar, but they're not 100% identical. So it works better if you're an Atlantean. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so Atlantis is real. And I think there's a few mentions of like the lizard people from below the earth. The Those are just Saurians. Yeah, Saurians, Saurians or aliens. More aliens. So it's all like just aliens. Like I said, everything is aliens or psychic powers. That still means that they took some basic-ass conspiracy theories and repackaged them to aliens. The, I mean, the big thing they did uh, was they have a very minor section in here about supernatural stuff, mm-hmm. which is all just, there is a thing called psychic seepage where mm-hmm. humans are so bad at using their innate psychic powers that we all just fart out psychic energy all the time. Yeah, and specifically it's based on our fear of the unknown. Well, you know, all of our strong emotions. It's our three strongest emotions, which are fear of being hunted, fear of death, and I think fear of butt stuff. Yeah. No, last one's like just fear of the unknown. Love of butt stuff. Love love of butt stuff. (laughs) But the... They have a whole thing where there's like, oh yeah, there are vampires and werewolves and all that, but they aren't you know, traditional vampires and werewolves and wizards and whatever. It's just people who have become corrupted by psychic seepage mm-hmm. such that they essentially become what they think they are. Yep. So it'll be like, oh, I went crazy and thought I was a vampire, but I was also a psychic focus. So because I can suck psychic seepage into myself, I just became that. Yeah, your teeth got longer and you developed a taste for blood. And you became feral and so on. Yeah. You're not really a vampire. You just think you are. Yeah. So any given vampire would be like, oh, if you think you are a vampire and that you can't cross running water, then you will psychically damage yourself if you try to do it. But if you're a vampire and you don't think that, then it won't affect you at all. That's like halfway a great explanation for vampire tradition mythology. Because, you know, every every nation or every part of the world has its own vampire myths and they're all like similar like oh they all drink blood and they used to be people but uh then every after that they all go kind of veering off in wild directions yep where they're like ah you can only kill them by throwing sesame seeds at their feet or you have to ask ask them a question that has no answer and then put a lemon in their mouth like like, (laughs) uh, they go no answer and then you jam a lemon in their mouth and you run away (laughs) you're like (laughs) sucker If you're like, yeah, it's because all those legends are based on the first guy who turned into a vampire around here, and then everyone just started turning into more vampires like that guy. Yeah, and vampire is a like category that they have, because they have werewolf as its own category, where it's anyone who turns at all bestial. Yeah, there's technically, I think there's three categories based on the three fears. Because as we mentioned earlier, that wasn't being like just generically talking. It actually is that psychic seepage feeds on the three primary fears of the human human race, which are being hunted, in which case you turn into a paranoid super hunter and become like a vampire or a werewolf. Uh, 
the unknown, which is represented by prophets who can see the future, who think they can pr- uh, predict away the unknown. Well, yeah, you get things that are like, oh, I'm a messiah, or I'm like a priest that has superpowers or whatever. Yes, and then the last one is fear of death, and those people become like liches and ghosts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, that's because the the, uh, the one of the core premises of the book is that everyone on Earth is psychic. Yeah, there's about 5% of the population that is actually not psychic in any way, but they're like, all of the times that you get deja vu or a hunch about something, or you feel like you can feel someone staring at you, that's all just your innate psychic power. Yeah. It's funny, it used to be where this kind of thing, I would love this sort of glib pop psychology explanation for why there's monsters. Like, you know, because X-Files would go ahead and do it for me, but now I'm like, Actually, the real answers for all those things are way cooler than this. Ah. If you're like, why are there vampires? Well, a long time ago, people used to get a disease that caused a vitamin A deficiency that caused their gums to roll back, giving them the appearance of longer teeth and paler skin. And also, they were they, they, uh, their eyes weren't as strong, so they didn't work very well during the daytime, and they tended to be around at night. And now you've got vampires and werewolves. Done. That's really neat. Uh, or you could be like, uh, it's because they have psychic residue. And then the same thing with... Uh, the other with uh, the fact that all humans are psychic and that's why they have deja vu. And I'm like, well, there's a really cool neurological explanation for that. Uh, <laughs> no. Wrong. No, sea turtles are doing it. It's all sea turtles. It's been sea turtles all the whole time. <laughs> sea you turtles. You can't fool me. Yeah, at the end of the paragraph, it's got parentheses sea turtles. <laughs> uh, in terms of what you do in this world where everyone is slightly psychic, but because of the fact that no one knows how to properly be psychic, Everyone's constantly sort of oozing psychic death shit out of their own bodies that creates a blanketing cloud of evil psychic energy known as the seepage. Uh, what do you do in this? Well, you play as a alphabet litany list of types of secret agents. Yeah. Now, because it is Conspiracy X, there are two main, like, ooh, secret, shady, not quite fully backed by the government organizations that is the good one and the bad one. Yeah. So you have Caps and Aegis or something like that? You have Aegis and the Black Book. Ah, right, okay. Caps is something that leads into Aegis. Uh, Caps is its own organization, yes. which is just people who do the occult shit. Yeah. Uh, but Aegis is the good guy one, which you will be a part of. Yeah. Picture and the Men in Black, because it's basically that. Except the Men in Black are Saurians. No, I know. The Men in Black also exist in this universe, but I'm using the movie Men in Black as a reference. Well, the Men in Black is more like the Black Book, because the Black Book actually works with aliens, whereas Aegis doesn't. Yeah, but the important thing I'm trying to get at here is that the way Aegis functions is that they recruit the top men from every organization all over the place. Top men. Top men. So you're, when you make a character, you're like, well, I started in the DEA or the FBI or the, I don't know, the... Pick pick one. World MK- Health Organization. Project MK Ultra. Yeah, I worked for the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund. It is an alphabet organization. So I, I worked g- for the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, back before they had to change their name. <laughs> Did you think I was not actually an undertaker? You have been misled. I know a great many things about the dead. <laughs> Me and Paul Bearer here. I'm a secret agent. I didn't die in the 90s. Uh, yeah, he had to go underground. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. A man with that much psychic power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, this has a whole background where, of course, way back in the 1930s, <laughs> secret government Hit- employees, because of Hitler, mm-hmm. Hitler was like, ooh, I like the occult, and I'm going to join the wizard Illuminati and rise to power, and so then 
the other <laughs> occultist who studied at the same time as him was like, ooh, I got to stop this Hitler guy, mm-hmm. but I can't do it in England because he's already infiltrated England with enough spies. So I have to go to America so that this game can be set in America. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of was hoping when I was reading that section that they would just be like, and Hitler was way into the occult, but everything he did was stupid and wrong. Anyway, later on, people found out real occult stuff, and we don't need to connect to Hitler in any way. Nope. It's all just, yeah. Hitler got the Spear of Destiny and managed to have control of that up until he died. And then... Didn't uh, do him very much good, did it? He got this powerful super spear and he still shot himself in a bunker when he lost like a bitch. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Look, the Spear of Destiny just lets you know that you will be a great person. (laughs) And indeed, he is remembered as a great piece of shit. (laughs) So... He should have just gotten the pick of Destiny. I hear that thing's awesome. I hear. Yeah, I've never seen the movie, so I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> Cannot disconfirm. Yeah. But yeah, so that started up the uh, the Watch, which was the original version of this. And mm-hmm. then because of uh, the New Mexico-Roswell crash, yeah, that is how the split began. Because when they found out that there was some UFOs fucking around, they were like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Uh, in basically a 50-50 split, they were like, oh, let's try and use psychics to contact them mm-hmm. so that we can peacefully try and find out what they're doing here. And the other half was like, fuck it, let's shoot them bitches down and get their tech. Right. And <laughs> so... Why not just talk to them? I mean, didn't they have... Didn't they, I don't remember this section of the book. Did they, didn't they just get some aliens? Or did they all die in the crash? No, they all died. Okay, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. So it was it was based well I mean it was before they even did anything before the crash happened it oh, was okay. let's try and contact them or let's shoot them down okay that's fair. and they that's did fair. both because I was like because why bother if you're like oh let's use our psychics to contact them you're like I don't why don't we just use their tech to contact them we have their tech no why do we, why are we men that stare at goatsing this shit they had already you know done a whole bunch of psychic shit because of the occult stuff right yeah and so they tried to contact the psychic. Uh, it was the Greys, the first ones that we contacted. They got big heads. They're definitely crazy psychic. You oh, they're sur- super psychic. You can totally reach out to them. And that's the only reason that they're even here is because their faster than light travel is based on psychic power. Right. Uh, but yeah, they tried to contact them. And then right as contact was made, the other half of the watch decided, fuck it, let's shoot a missile at these bitches. <laughs> and so of the like 11 psychics that were in contact with them, Two survived because as soon as we shot a missile, they just, like, psychically fucked everyone who was in contact with them. Yeah, they were pretty pissed, I'm sure. And uh, it crashed, they all died, and so that caused a split where Aegis is the ones who were trying to peacefully contact them, Mm -hmm. and the Black Book is the one who shot missiles at them. Right. And then they just keep going on like that, where Aegis keeps calling them and be like, sorry, we're sorry. Which is weird, because it then, in the modern day, it's like, Oh, Aegis wants nothing to do with aliens and hates all of them and wants to protect humanity from them. And the Black Book is completely in bed with every alien they find. Right. Which is just odd that they'd be like, hey, sorry about shooting down your whole craft and fucking destroying your shit. You want to be friends? (laughs) Well, you know, they could probably blame it on the guys who were psychically connected with them at the time. They're like, those guys did it. They were distracting you while someone shot a missile at you. I mean, let's not quibble about who that part was. Anyway, let's be buds. Let's not use our psychic powers to figure out who that was. That would be counterproductive. (laughs) 
So to create a character in this game, and as I mentioned, you play, generally speaking, you're going to be a member of Aegis. Um, and you are going to be someone who is recruited into Aegis because of your advanced skills or because you discover the secret about psychic energies or aliens or something. Yeah. And they kind of, they kind of bring you into the circle. Yeah, because Aegis works on a cells foundation. So mm -hmm. there's a big primary cell, and then they just have... He, fight, he fights Krillin. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's other little cells. Little cells. And they the, fight little Krillin. They fight little tiny Krillins <laughs> and Gohans. And down the line. Yes. But it, yeah, all the all the little child cells from the parent cell mm -hmm. function basically independently so that no one, if you like capture one of them, can give up the secrets for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Uh, and because this is 1997, they're like, they're using the advanced technology of the internet. <laughs> it's not just for slow porn anymore. <laughs> uh, it's not just for downloading one song over the course of an hour and a half. If you ever see a file called Alien Information on Napster, <laughs> leave it alone. You'll have the men in black knocking on your door. <laughs> or you'll just get like a Blink-182 song called Alien Information. <laughs> You know, or you'll just fuck up your computer with some stupid virus. Yeah, I just get a dumb virus. Or you'll get 32 megs of porn. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's all just a crapshoot here. Back then, 32 megs of porn meant like a two-minute porn scene featuring 32 megs. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you are making your character, uh, you are going to... You got point by, but you make a decision as far as where you're from mm -hmm. for what agency. And it is all almost entirely military or government type shit. I think you can be from the CDC. Yeah, you can be. There's a few. World Health Organization is available. Uh, you can also be someone who, like, was not one of these things at all. Like, you could be, like, a, 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 a street cop or just a scientist who happened to stumble onto information and they had to bring you in. Yeah. Usually that's things like if your your psychic powers are a risk to yourself. So they come get you even though you're like, I'm a truck driver. And yeah. they're like, yeah, but you know the truth about aliens because you've been listening to so much Art Bell's <laughs> Coast to Coast. And we've been trying to stop that Art Bell for years. <laughs> the George Norrie product was an unmitigated success. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that you can pick pretty much whatever alphabet thing you want to be from uh, or any of the government agencies, but it's all very U.S.-centric, and there is no idea of what's going on anywhere else. There are a couple of exceptions. Uh, Outside of Russia. Russia is the big exception, because you have you can be from the Russian secret like Spetsnaz, or you can also be well, from... Well, you can just be from Project Rasputin. Yeah, Project Rasputin, their MKUltra equivalent, the Russian psychic training people. And there's a, there, there's a relevant difference between the MKUltra psychics and the Rasputin psychics. Yeah, because the MKUltra psychics are all fucking drugged out absolute fucked up dudes and the Rasputin ones are like ah oh, we didn't really do the whole drug thing we're mostly just cool psychics they did machine stuff they invented a thing called the cyclotron yeah they had Donatello and he did machines yeah he was the, yeah he does machines he invented a cyclotron which is like a uh, engine you can use to change someone's emotions from a distance uh, well, they have psychotrons in here, which can hold psychic powers. That's what it was. Thank you. And there's also one satellite that does it. It's like, and if you're if you're from that organization, then like you can request access to the satellite the way you take out a company car. Oh yeah, all of the different organizations have a uh, an influence that they have, mm -hmm. so they can either be like, oh, I've 
scientific influence or military influence or media influence, whatever. Uh, and then they have like a list of things you can get because you are part of that organization. Because yeah. even though you're in Aegis, like it's not like you stop being in, you know, the DEA. So uh, yeah, I was a DEA agent. I got recruited into an Aegis cell because I found out too much, mm -hmm. but I still work for them, which means I can call on any DEA shit that I want to use. Yeah, you can get favors. You can you can have the DEA do a drug bust in a part of town where you need like all the cops to go over there so you can do something on your side of town. Yeah. Or you can have them test a substance or something. Every every faction has a couple of options for what you can you can get out of your old life. Yeah. And so, you know, if you manage to go with any of the like you know, spy type FBI, CIA things. You've got access to a lot of networks of information about shit. If you happen to be like, oh, I was uh, background in military, then you might have access to more equipment and things like that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of character uh, creation, it is a point by game. You start with 100 character points to build your character out, and you start with threes out of possible fives in all of the stats. Yeah, everything is a one through five. Mm -hmm. And you've got seven stats. You've got your strength and size. Strength and size. You've agility. got your agility, dexterity. Agility reflexes. But well, reflexes. And I'm saying I'll smuggle even though I'm looking at yes. the book. Uh, you've got your intelligence and willpower. Mm -hmm. And then just perception. Yep. Perception's the last one. Although there is, according to the character sheet, another one. Well, you have luck and luck. influence are two different things. Yes. Yeah. That aren't stats. They aren't stats, but they sit there and look like stats. They're just lying to you. Yeah. Uh, so you get a one through five. If you want a three, which is the human average, that costs you nothing. Mm -hmm. If you uh, reduce it by by uh, one point to a two, you gain twenty build points. If you increase it to a four, you gain twenty build points. And then the same thing for going to one and five, but it generates forty or costs forty respectively. Yeah, because they really you're not supposed to have a character with a lot of high stats. So generally speaking, you're going to raise like maybe one stat when you're doing your build. Yeah, I mean you couple might start with like ooh I got a couple fours or something, but yeah, it's. Unlike, like, no one is going to be like, oh, yeah, I've got fives and everything. Yeah, that, that's not how you build the character. Uh, once you get that part done, uh, then you pick your agency that you're a member of. Yeah, I mean, just real of? quick, the Please? the luck. Luck is interesting. Uh, luck is a 2 and 12, and it is a, if you roll equal to or under your good luck, which starts at a 2, so you have to roll a 2 to get it, then you can have something happen. So it'll be like... Oh, if, you know, there's no way to tell whether or not something is going to go in your favor, or if you, one of the things they have in here is if you critically fail, you can be like, let me try and do a luck roll to see that I don't fuck myself. Yes. Uh, yeah. And you can increase that up to six, though it costs like 15 points for every single point you want to move it up. Yes. Uh, and, and by the same token, d bad luck starts at 12, uh, and you can be bought all the way down to eight. Uh, or, or sorry, uh, it can be taken all the way down to eight in exchange for those same amount of points, which means the best way to play this game by far is to max both of those entries out. So the only thing, whenever you have to make a luck roll, only sevens don't do anything. Well, yeah, I mean, at that point, you're like, great. I'm fortune's idiot. I'm, I'm just a big dumb asshole and shit keeps happening to me. <laughs> I have wacky shit happens all the time, good or bad. Yeah, it's but it just means at that point, you're like, oh, man, I've got just... <laughs> almost never going to make a crit or fail or success because I'll be like, yeah, I succeeded. The GM's like, did you, though? <laughs> You're like, oh, I failed. Oh, I didn't. Oh, neat. Yeah, so so uh, that's the way I would build my character is just maximize luck in both directions and just 
And if you want to see if Jeff did that, you can go over to System Mastery over at Patreon, patreon.com slash System Mastery, where at the $1 level, our bonus content is we make characters in the games we've reviewed. That's right, we sure do. Although this week, I think we might just blow it off and go get Korean-style corn dogs. Mmm. Delicious. I want that potato three-way, John. Hell, that potato three-way looks so good. Uh Uh-huh. Normally, a potato three-way is what anyone who hooks up with the two of us can look forward to. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> that and disappointment. Yes, you can always <laughs> look forward to that. Uh, oh, where the fuck was I? You, so, uh, yeah, there's luck is another thing. And, and influence is the last one of the, the substats that's yeah. in that sound Now, zone. influence, uh, just because you're an Aegis agent, no matter what, you have an influence of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and influence is mostly just there is another part of the book where you can buy stuff for, like, your base and get equipment, get a better base, more facilities, shit like that. Most of that is going to come from your influence. The same thing with making contact roles. If like if you go on to contact your old agency and have them do a sting operation or something, your influence can help ensure that that happens. Yeah, because if you know all those things from your alphabet agencies, you know if I want to make the DEA do a raid somewhere so that they're distracted while something else goes on, that might be like an influence check. So if I only have an influence of one, it might be harder for me to get them to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, you always have one just because you're an Aegis agent, so you always have some connections. But then uh, you go up from there, and uh, it costs points to go up. You'll, generally speaking, probably not have more than like a three or four to start. Yeah. Uh, But they're like, yeah, just by fact that like the president is the president it doesn't matter what like their charisma is or anything like that they'll have an eight or nine influence just because they are yeah that makes sense. so That's fair. if your character happens to be like oh i'm the head of the fbi great you have like a seven influence who gives a shit so here's a question i have for you john why is there size in this game and not just like constitution or toughness <sighs> because size in addition to sort of being your toughness stat yeah it is also like, oh, if someone wants to pick you up, there's <laughs> things for size, or someone's trying to shoot at you and you're smaller or larger than mm-hmm. the standard size, it might get a bonus or a penalty to the hit. If I'm small enough, can I get out of fights by claiming that it's my birthday? Yes. Okay. That just... is, in fact, a thing you can do. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that that was one of the rules in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. There's also, oh, you know what? Before I get to it, yeah, the next step in, in the game after you get these stats is to go pick which agency you're a member of. Uh, agencies have influence in one of six categories that when you when you select them. That's one of the things you get. So, for example, if you choose to be from, uh, I don't know, MK Ultra, then you're going to get psychic-type influence. And even then, within the organization, you can have different types. So yes. you could be like, okay, I'm, in, I'm from the FBI, but you might be like, oh, I'm an analyst who just sits in the base and like... So I have science re- So influence. I have science resources, yeah. or I'm an, a field agent, so I have like military-type resources. Yeah, espionage, information-gathering resources. Yeah. Uh, there, I think the science, uh, psychic, information-gathering, military, journalism, uh, and then there's one other, and I don't remember what it All is. Right. Yeah, but so you get those kind of inform which uh, skill packages and so on you can choose later. Well, those inform what you can buy for your base with influence. That's right. Thank you. Because part of character creation is building the base. Yeah. An important part, even. It's not something you can really skip. No. Because otherwise you're like, oh, I guess we don't have anything and we can't do our job. Yeah, we just live in our houses. <laughs> Although, just having like, what do you do? I spend my influence points on 
a place to live, a car to drive. <laughs> I don't in, I don't engage with Aegis at all. I just I just have a house and a car. He's a DM just watching you as you carefully spend things on stuff that's not that. He's only got three points left. He's gotta be spending that on parapsychology equipment. Hmm. Laundry room. Hmm. Dinette set. Yes. <laughs> don't take that, dig psychic stuff. <laughs> Uh, we'll take we'll upscale now, the sedan to midsize. What should I turn my garage into? Oh, you should turn it into an investigative area. A ooh, ooh, a man cave. Ooh. ooh, there we go. I'll just fill it with Christmas crap. <laughs> just decorations. Just boxes. It's I'll just tick boxes and fill it in later. Yeah, it's fine. This is full of boxes. Can't even fit a car in there. But yeah, every single one of the agencies has a couple different things you could be from that agency, and mm-hmm. then those let you know, uh, like we said, what sort of influence thing you can get for resources, yep. but also your... Two types of skills. Well, your skills and your trainings, yeah. and the things that are either cheaper for you to get if it's a training, or... That you can get above level two if it's a skill. Yes. Now, tra- because skills and trainings are the same thing but different, and it's stupid and fuck this game. It's definitely one of the parts of this game. This game has. Okay. Um. How do, <laughs> how do how, I say this? How do we describe? Well, because I want to tie it into previous reviews. This game has a real nasty case of feeling like it was written on a case by case basis as they made their way through the book. They didn't really worry themselves about unifying systems or anything like that. So with each page, they provide a new example of a new mechanic that's part of gameplay with a whole new set of tools for how to do it. It's it's so weird to me that they decided to go with the trainings and skills as skills are a thing that you have a ranking in uh, one through five, just like you would have in your stats. Yep. Uh, and you can only have a three or better in a skill that is one of your profession skills to start. That's correct. So if you're, from, uh, like, except yeah. for one, you can always have one skill that isn't in there that can be higher because it's your independent study it's, skill. It's the thing that you're most interested in. Yeah. It's your, it's your number one jam. And then trainings are just things you know how to do full stop. Yeah. There's no skill checks involved with trainings. If you can swim, you can swim. Uh, if, if, for example, you are challenged during swimming, you may still be forced to make a swim test, but it will not be a test of the swimming training. Instead, it'll be an agility test or an, a size test or something. Yeah. To, uh, to, so if you're like, oh, I have to swim against the current to try and like get to the shore or whatever, you're yeah. not testing your swimming ability. You know how to swim. You're testing your strength. Yeah. Effectively, they are pass-fail gateways to certain aspects of gameplay. So, for example, a training might include swimming, uh, climbing, zero-G activity. So if you're, if you're in zero gravity and you have the zero-G movement uh, training at all, then you can participate right now because yeah. everyone's in zero-G and you know how to move around so you can. Otherwise, without that training, you just flail in a corner. Well, yeah, some of them are things that make sense where it's like, what's this? Oh, like biochemical preparations where you're like, yeah, I've worked in like biohazard areas and I know all the things you have to do to work in there and the precautions you take and everything like that because I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've never worked in there, you're going to be like, yeah, I should, I don't know, probably put on a suit or something. Yeah, yeah. And part of this is useful. I, I, I don't hate the trainings concept because one of the things I never cared for in older RPGs from the 90s and so on is skill tests for things that there absolutely shouldn't be skill tests for, where you don't have two possible interesting results of a pass-fail skill check. Yeah. Where you're like, well, you guys have all fallen into the ocean. Roll to see if you die immediately from drowning, I guess. That's not very interesting. It'd be more interesting if we didn't. Yeah. Um, it, the same thing for 
you know, if you're a trained scientist, you know how to use a fucking Bunsen burner. You don't need to roll to see if you remember or whatever. Yeah. So all the stuff that's in there that's like, oh, you can get investigation as a training. It's mostly just, yeah, great. You know how to use like uh, investigation equipment. You can get fingerprints. You can do all that shit. You know how to work an investigation. We don't need to worry about whether or not you know how to do that. Yeah. This is going to be something where it's like, okay, but just make a perception test to see if you notice this one thing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, while that sounds while we're sounding like we're plot, uh, applauding the concept of training, it doesn't go far enough. Well, because they also are like, and then here's, you know, 50 skills as well. You're like, okay. Yeah. So and several of the skills feel like they're just rewording. They're just synonyms for the trainings. Yeah. You'll have things like investigation being a training, but like information gathering being a skill. Yeah, it's that is honestly one of the big ones where I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Oh, uh, you got running in uh in uh trainings, but jogging in skills. I guess because you could fail at jogging. Yeah, you could I mean, fail to jog. I'm just making these up. There are there are several examples that feel way too close to from a training to a skill, but there isn't running jogging. That's not one of them. Well, yeah, because you can be like, all right, I've got you know, surveillance as a training, mm-hmm. but video as a skill. And you're like, what? Why? What is, how do I, what? why would you take as many trainings as you could and avoid the skills if this get? but it, it, the other thing I found interesting is you hear skill and you're like, oh, it's a rank from one to five, just like a, just like an attribute test. Yeah. And this game is done by 2d6 roll under target difficulty. You'd think, okay, well, if you're going to subtract your attribute from a from a, a roll to get under the target difficulty, and you have a relevant skill, if you're like, well, I'm driving, so I'm going to take my agility and my driving score and roll 2d6 and try and get under the target number. No. No, skills and, and, and attributes don't mix. No, they do not. <sighs> We've had that problem in games before as well, where the moment you recognize that, you go, oh, I'm never going to take a fucking skill. Why would I do that? There's less stats so if it's it's way more cost effective to get your stats up to five because they'll be better than any skill forever. Except this is a game where they're like, oh, did you not get any points in whatever? Mm-hmm. You can't do it full stop. That's true. Yeah. So you got to put at least one in the skill and then use your attribute test instead. Or just but try you can't trainings. You want those fucking trainings? Yeah. the The very big problem with this is because they've put both in there. You're like, all right, so trainings are things that are going to care about my stats mm-hmm. skills are going to be things that care about just the skills that i use except for the rare occasions where there is a thing that says skill parentheses stat next to it yeah and that's not add them together that's one of them average or lowest it's it- yeah it's like oh take the two of these and average them out like you can have or it'll be like, oh, this skill, but only as high as whatever your stat is. Yeah, that's right. It, it, your skill, your stat's a cap for your skill, which is like, like saying, my, just take the training and, and ignore this entirely. Don't take video, take surveillance, and then just use your really high stat to get around t- the, the fact that skills and stats are competing with each other. Yeah, but again, at that point, you'd be like, oh, but I've got surveillance. And they're like, yeah, but you don't have video, so you can't do this. <laughs> I'm the GM, and I'm the person who's in charge of this, so I'm not going to allow you to get around it. It's poorly designed. The other problem is, so 2d6 roll under sounds fine-ish it's normally. A, yeah, yeah. But when you're looking at it, you're like, but wait a minute. You've told me that stats and skills don't combine at all, and that everything is based one to five. Golly. It must be hard to roll under anything that you're doing, given that the average person is only going to succeed on a two or a three. Well, that's not how this system works. 
I mean, uh, for me, I felt like it, the game would make it entirely too easy based on hearing nothing but that description. 2d6 roll under, and target difficulty, usually a 7. And I'm like, well, okay, but if you have a skill of, like, if you have a standard stat of 3, that means you're rolling 2d6 minus 3 to test against a 7. You will hit that 85% of the time. Except that's not even remotely how this works. That's also not how it works. <laughs> no. The way that this works is there is a difficulty number. <sighs> the difficulty number is going to be uh, tested against whatever stat or skill you are using. So if I've got a difficulty three check uh-huh. and my stat is a three, then I am at a base difficulty, which means the target number is a seven. So seven or below. Seven if it's an average strength challenge. If nothing is higher or lower in your uh, stat or skill and the difficulty number, you're just looking at a seven or under. Yeah. Now, if if something is higher difficulty by one step, mm-hmm. so difficulty four and I have a three, now my target number shifts down to a four. Why? Who knows? <laughs> the That makes it way easier. No, no way, way harder. harder. Excuse me, way harder. Roll under, way harder. Yeah. Uh, and if, same thing in the other direction, if you've got a uh, difficulty that is under by one, then all of a sudden you get to a ten, if it goes one more step in either direction, so if I have a difficulty four and I have a two in whatever is happening, yeah. I literally cannot do it. Right. There's no roll. There's no nothing. You just automatically fail. Same thing the other direction. If it's like difficulty two and I've got a four, I just automatically succeed. Mm-hmm. It makes it, if you knew going in exactly what the difficulty of everything would be, that would feel fine because you'd be like okay i know trying to do x is a difficulty three i know i have a five or a three or whatever so i know my odds going in yeah but the difficulty is always just assigned by the gm at the time that you try to do something yeah and one thing you'll find in a lot of games like this this is a problem that crops up for me in a lot of white wolf especially for me exalted type games is the uh the ST will get used to to the problem of them saying, well, the game tells me that a, a standard difficulty challenge is a three. You need like a three to succeed on this. And I'm talking in Exalted Dice right now. I'm not talking in Conspiracy X Dice because I barely understand them. Uh, oh. so, you're like, so every time the, the DMs or the ST of an Exalted game is like, well, it's I guess it's a standard difficulty challenge to do that. And So you need three three successes. And you're like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. I've got 26 dice. That's fucking hilarious. Eventually, the, uh, the ST is going to get tired of hearing that and be like, uh, it's eight difficulty. Fuck you. And you're like, that's harder than the hardest thing on earth. And they're like, yeah, but the examples of things in the game are stupid. <laughs> Cause it only goes from difficulty five for like the hardest thing in the world. And you routinely hit 10 successes on every die you roll. <laughs> this, this game is dumb and bad. Exalted sucks. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's fine. Uh, no, the, the thing with conspiracy X that also fucked with me is after it gives you the explanation of the difficulty levels checking against your skill levels and everything like that, mm-hmm. it was like, now let me give you an example of play where we don't do that. And yes. I was like, you motherfucker. Instead, yeah. it was like, we're going to use variable difficulty where I roll a D6 and subtract that from whatever you get. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? What? So if I if I have a D6 and you're like, ah, a five... It's not difficulty five. It's just I add five on to whatever do you roll, and you've got to roll under a seven or something. I'm like, what is? None of this 
is what you just said, and it never comes up. There's never a point in the book where they start talking about randomized difficulty. It's like this no, I, I genuinely got think, written yeah. at a different point in time before they changed the rules. I think this might be a, a rare first for us on the show at this point, is an, an example of play immediately after an, an explanation of how something works that not only doesn't feature usage of the way that that thing works, but makes up a house rule on the spot in the example. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen that before. No. It's so weird. Just be like, <laughs> what? This is never mentioned before or after this. How? Why are you telling me this? The other problem you run into here is that there are a lot of potential levers of difficulty that you could mess with uh, because of the, very, the, the, the way that the system generates a target number based on comparing a difficulty to your stat number. But it messes with all of them in, in, with, in seemingly random ways. Well, yes. It'll be like, sometimes the, your, your stat will be treated as one higher. Sometimes the difficulty of the challenge will be arbitrarily increased by one. Sometimes, even though the difficulty should be set at a seven, it's windy out or something, so it's set at a, four, a five. Well, yeah, because there is a list of, like, attribute tests and things, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like, oh, if you want to do this, then this is a difficulty two to do that. And you're like... Okay. Okay. Cool. But so if you compare w- a two against my stat, and but if you want to do it in this way, now it's minus two to your TN. You're like, wait, hold on. What? Now you're just fucking with the TN. So, so minus two to TN means I take the initial difficulty two, compare it against my stat three. I'm one higher than that, so which means I need to roll under a ten to succeed on my on my on my two uh, d six under skill roll. But because it's windy or something, I get a minus two TN, which moves that ten to an eight. So now I'm rolling two d six or get uh, to get an eight or less. Yes. And uh, it, it, but then by the same token, you can find one that, that can either mess with your stat at the at the range and be like, for the purposes of this roll, your stats a three plus one. You get to roll as if you had a four stat. Or, and otherwise, there'll be one that'll be like, when you roll two d six, add two to that. Yeah, and there are times it's especially bad for the like it is dark. Here's what the changes are because in that section, it is literally it is dark plus one difficulty. It is hard to see us something minus two TN. And I'm like, make up your goddamn mind. <laughs> well, it's both, John. It's dark, so it's hard to see something. Plus one target number, minus two uh, stat penalty. Or so. I, I don't even remember which ones are which. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Plus two to your roll. Uh, it, it's so weird to me that you have to be within this very narrow band for difficulties. Yeah. Because... At that point, you're like, oh, if if I'm not within one, then it doesn't matter mm-hmm. either direction. And I kind of like that from an ease perspective of just like, yeah, dude, you've got a three and this is a challenge five. Like, you'd have to be one of the best people in the world at doing this to even have a chance of doing it. And you don't. And you don't. You literally cannot do this. You do not know how. Yeah. Sure. Or, again, like, you... This is a routine thing for someone of your skill. Don't even bother. You just do it. There are merits and flaws that you need to to uh, pick through as well when you're building your character. Uh, merits and flaws in this game are largely psychological, so you have a lot of psychological flaws. There's there's both. I mean, it's split up into a bunch of different categories for like, here's all the merits and flaws for physical things. Here's all the merits and flaws for social things. Here's the ones for psychic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can get things like, paranoid very paranoid (laughs) well yeah they have different point systems for like 
ah, I am anxious. I am very anxious. Yeah. Or I have a code. I have a super unbreakable code. Now, the reason that they do that so often is because psychotherapy is a big part of this game and has been extremely gamified. So if you're like, well, my problem with my character is he is extremely homicidal, then you could be like, oh, I'll take a, d- a week of downtime and downgrade that to regular homicidal. Thank you. Yeah, you know how that happens. <laughs> you see a psychotherapist and he's like, we'll get you 50% less murdery or my money back. <laughs> the uh, The stuff that you can get from there is fairly expensive. I mean, most things are around the 10 to 15 point for either what it gives you or what it costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a few things that are a little cheaper if it's like, oh, I just, someone owes me a favor is like three points. Who cares? Yeah. Because it's initial character points that is going to be a one-time thing. Yeah. Uh, Then after you're done with that, you end up with, that's most of your character design, although uh, this game does have both psychic powers and rituals that you can dig around and choose from. Rituals are what happens when you start giving yourself over to psychic seepage and becoming kind of a dark power wizard type. Well, yeah, because you can either be like, oh, I connect with psychic powers because I myself am psychic through whatever means I happen to do. Yeah. Or you're like, I'm an occultist, and I have to do a bunch of rituals to sort of unlock my ability to affect psychic yeah. stuff. Rituals, are, however, are inherently corrupting, and you will eventually become one of those three categories of monsters we mentioned really early on. Uh, where psychic powers, you can be good for longer. Uh, they do mention, like we mentioned earlier, only about 5% of people on Earth aren't psychic. Yeah, Everyone else has basic untrained psychic powers they can attempt to use, including uh, Sixth Sense, Deja Vu, ESP... Uh, I think there's one pre-cognition. other precognition. Yeah, no, there, I was honestly like, oh, that's neat. That literally every character, unless you pick the drawback of psychic void or, or the p sync, yeah, or the advantage of psychic sync, yeah, uh, you can just be like, uh, I want to make a luck roll or whatever. It's not luck rolls. I'll explain it. It's neat. It's one of my yeah. favorite things in here. Uh, when you want to use one of your psychic powers, you use Zenner cards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. This thing has Zenner cards. This is the first game I've seen to use Zenner cards. And if you may be finding yourself, probably a lot of you already know what Zenner cards are. And you're like, oh, cool. I know what those are. And I'm glad that I got the reference. Uh, if you don't know what Zenner cards off, uh, are the top of your head, remember the start of Ghostbusters when uh, when Bill Murray was trying to w- was using some weird cards to score with a with a random floozy while insulting the man he ca- she came in with? Those cards were Zenner cards. Yeah, anything that has the like wavy lines, star, circle, square, those are all Zenner cards used for testing whether or not you are psychic yes and the difficulty there is a whole new system where instead of it being it's just a 40 percent chance well instead of it being a roll under now it's you have a difficulty based on how many cards you get to draw Mm -hmm. on your guess yeah so if i say it's going to be a star yeah the hardest difficulty is a zenner one where i you only get to draw one card and if it's a star you succeed Otherwise, you fail. Yeah. If you're really good at being a psychic, you can get things where it's like, oh, I've got like a Zenner three or four, so I can say whatever, and they draw four cards and see if any of them were that. Yeah. Like, if you're untrained and you want to use your ESP to try and figure out something that's going on in the next room or get a clue or something like that, then the default method is the DM draws a Zenner card, and then you draw two Zenner cards. And 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 if... uh. If one of the two you have matches the one the DM has, this is in there. It's in there. You're, you're shaking your head at me. You're, I don't know why you're picking up the book. The book's like 300 pages long. You're not going to find this. You're going to have to believe me. No, it's right here. 
basically it boils down to an untrained attempt to use ESP should have about a 40% chance of success. Look at John all grumpy at me. Because that's not Actually, how it should works. be way less than 40% now that I think about it. Because all that's doing is bounding the number of... Because the way it works is the DM draws a card. You don't get to play a card from a block of five cards. You get a draw of cards. And then you can take some of your card draws and be like, is it this one? <laughs> so there's a pretty solid chance that you won't even have a card in hand that matches the card in the DM's hand. Great air, by the way. Great air. You looking up something to prove me wrong? Yep. I'm All really, I I'm, want I'm is really, to prove that you are wrong. I'm really enjoying this. I'm sure the audience is loving it as well. Look, you can all join along with me in this adventure that I'm having to <laughs> prove that this motherfucker is wrong. <laughs> Fine. I'll talk about other shit. Um, the game, when I was saying earlier that I felt like the trainings ended up being kind of disappointing, it's because there is a part where it describes how to do actions in the game, and it'll be things like, you can take three actions in a row if they're not in combat or something like that. For example, you might want to sprint across a field, burst in through a house with a shoulder charge, and then look around for a clue. And I'm like, okay, well, if you have, like, training investigation, then you should probably spot the clue automatically, right? No! All three of those things require a difficulty roll. Yeah, and they're all, and if you want to do all of them at the same time, then it gets progressively harder and you will automatically fail at all of them. It's one of those things where you get punished for being descriptive. If You it, you can skip the part where you say, I charge across the lawn and just be like, I... I uh, so I go in this room I and look around. I go in this around. room and I do look around. And they'd be like, how'd you get in the room? I don't know, I walked. I, I walked and then... Yeah, I walked and then when, when I'm done doing that check, so if you want me to roll a walk check. But it's one of those games that punishes you for being descriptive because it keeps doing the thing where it layers on checks for every bit of description. Remember old D&D &D where it'd be like, Oh, you want to play a rogue who swings from a chandelier and lands on a wagon and uses the wagon to kick over an orc? Okay, that's seven fucking skill checks. Uh, and by the way, I am correct, and if you want me to read it out to you, yeah, I can. by all means, prove me wrong. That should be fun. The GM shuffles the Zenner cards, and the player picks one of the five symbols shown on the cards. The GM then draws a number of cards specified by the ability being used. If the card that the player picked is among the cards drawn, the player's character has managed to successfully use their psychic abilities. Oh, so I was right, but backwards. Great. Big no, deal. No, you were wrong, and I was right. <laughs> they say a thing, and then there is a number of cards drawn to see if you get that symbol. <laughs> Up yours! Oh. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Don't ever try and correct me. <laughs> the only difference between you correcting me and me correcting you is I'm nice about it, and I wait until after the air to yell at you about it. Yeah. Where you're like, no, I'm fucking dragging this to a halt. I am sinking this ship. <laughs> I will drill a hole in this podcast and sink us and before I allow you and it's, to be correct. It's incorrect. turned me into the podcast idiot. With just... <laughs> Just because I'm always the one who's like, well, it's not good air to stop the show and be like, no, John, let's open up the book and reinvestigate something. It's my drive for entertainment that makes me look like a moron. <laughs> yeah, also the fact that you're a moron. <laughs> ah, <nah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Whip out your smart dick. We're measuring. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, my dick that I get the internet on. <laughs> Your smart dick is a combined measurement of any bachelor's, master's degree you have, your SAT scores, <laughs> uh, and knowing at least one Hoobastank song. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing I know at least one Hoobastank song. Because I told it to you earlier today. <laughs> Wait, what was it, John? Uh, the reason. Oh, good. Okay, I was hoping you would have forgotten it by now. Nah, Never. <laughs> I remember more Denny's-themed menu <laughs> items featuring Hoobastank oh, than Hoobastank Hoobastank songs. 
This is very inside baseball. We're way over time. I don't care. No one is ever allowed to correct me. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know why you need this win so bad. The damage system in this game. No, oh, please. I don't remember it at all. I it, will happily not correct you here. It literally took me hours the other night of just sitting there reading it back and forth going, I don't, what? Wait, wait, what? Because <laughs> there are two different types, which isn't, you know, weird. There's your uh, lethal and non-lethal. Mm-hmm. Those two types are then split up into three categories. So you have bruising, thwacking, which they will... <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Which they will typo... Most of the time as twacking, twacking. <laughs> which sounds like the hot new dance because I think it's because they abbreviate it TW instead of TH. Yes. So that later on when they go to type it out, they just typed twack. I don't remember ever seeing it as thwack in the book anywhere. The first time they show it, they're like, here are the things that it's bruising, thwacking, and like knockout or whatever. Yeah, because it's the three types of non-lethal damage. Yeah. And then there is flesh wound serious wound and splattering wound yes but i mean really let's just stick to twacking because that's the best god bless you they, twacking. Call, they call it twacking every time from that point forward it's great and i love it <laughs> i thought it was going nuts i was like is twacking a thing Do, wait a minute are the kids twacking these days <laughs> i've got to go to fox news and find out if my kid might be twacking i used to be with it but then my kids started doing the twack dance yeah, so you have these two different types, and armor can move the type of damage down a category. Yeah. So it can turn lethal to non-lethal and non-lethal to nothing. Yeah. But there's also stancing damage, which can make damage more damaging or less damaging within the category that it is. Uh-huh. So if I'm shooting someone and I'm like, oh, this is a just a flesh wound type thing, I can try and move it up to a serious wound, but they can also try and move it down from, I assume if it a went down from flesh wound, it would be like non-lethal, yeah. whatever the same categories would be like bruising. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> You can both succeed, which means nothing happens. You can both fail, so nothing happens. One of you succeeds and the other one fails. It turns it into a stronger attack or a weaker attack. It feels like you end up making like seven rolls every time you do anything. But in addition to that, every damage has a number with it. Yep. Because it'll be like FW3, mm-hmm. so it's a flesh wound three, and then armor can also affect that number. But I'm going to tell you right now, it said that there were armor numbers between one and six, and you could make a check on them, mm-hmm. and I never found further information on what that check was, <laughs> and given that there's a one on them, I'm like, okay, but I, it's obviously not roll under the armor number, otherwise there would never be an armor one, that just wouldn't exist. Yeah, you couldn't possibly roll under one, no matter what dice you were using. So, what, does this subtract from the actual number? But it says I have to make a check on the armor, and I'm like, this game... You've completely lost your shit. Now, every uh, every one of the three different types of wounds in the two different categories of wounds has six wounds that you can take per wound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can take three splatter and also four lethal wounds and so on. So if you ever fill up, like, oh, I took six flesh wounds. Well, now if I take more flesh wound, it just gets upgraded to serious wound and mm-hmm. so on. In the various categories. Yeah. It's not like you can't take uh, lethal wounds when you've already got flesh or 
until you have a full blo- uh, block of flesh no. wounds. Instead, it's an overflow category. Yeah, you just have six in each category, and if you happen to fill one up, you go to the next highest. Yeah. Unless it's the highest category, in which case you're probably dead. I think. Yeah, I think you're dead or unconscious. Well, the problem with this is every single time you take any damage, you have to now make a check against stun mm-hmm. and KO. Yep. Two different checks, so you have two attempts to fail to get fucked up. Yeah. So every time you want to roll to like shoot someone in this game, you have to uh, <laughs> get to go through all that stuff where you establish what the target number is going to be, whether or not that gets modified, whether your roll will get modified, what your stat will be before you roll, and what the final calculations in are, are on that. Uh, to hit someone with a ranged or melee attack, I believe, is always against a target number of two, but that can still be modified. It depends on your range to them, yeah. and of course, you might be plus or minus TN. Yeah, it starts at a base two, though. At least we know that. Um, no, it's literally just where you are. Optimal distance oh, is I'm a three. grabbing the fucking book. <laughs> you better. <laughs> if you are at optimal range or the standard range for a gun, it's three. Uh, the closer you get, the lower the difficulty is. To hit a target with a weapon attack, a character must test his weapon skill against a difficulty level of two. <laughs> I am no longer God's little idiot. <laughs> Today I am a man. Ah, <laughs> uh, give me the book. Make <laughs> <laughs> that up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what do you know? It says here Jeff's a big dumb idiot, and everything that John says is right. Weird that the book would say that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, in addition to the fact that there's like six kinds of wounds and each one of them has six wounds in it and the tracks have overflows and there's so many checks when you shoot someone you're going to roll dice like 12 times yeah and the the example of play for damage in this because like i said i spent way too much time looking at damage Mm -hmm. is basically them going oh uh if you ever start combat be the one who hits first because the entire combat is there are two agents and a crazed mk ultra guy who's gone insane comes at them and tries to kill them they shoot him all right they don't do a whole ton of damage he's wearing a kevlar vest but it does stun him so he loses his action great they shoot him again this time they aim for not kevlar all right great they wound him he fails his stun they keep going all right cool they wound him again and this time it kills him i'm like great what a wonderful example of play where you're like ah if you start combat Either hit first or don't start combat. Right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that as complicated as the wound system might be, the psychic power system <laughs> is, for my money, just as bad because they won't stop reorganizing them. Uh, where it's like, oh, there are, there are four kinds of psychic abilities arranged into three categories. And you're like, stop that. Okay, and then it tells you, every time it tells you one, it's like, this is a psychic power from the ESP category and the telemetry field, and that means that it's a type of thing, a separate thing, but it doesn't need to do any of that, because it's just like object reading, touch the thing, roll the die, you know it's, you know a thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Draw some center cards. <laughs> Draw a fucking card, see if you got it. Did yeah. you? Great. But it's so weirdly organized, it kills me. Yeah. The fact that this game manages to shove in multiple systems for resolution in multiple different ways and even is like fuck it we're using dice and cards i'm like just pick something pick something and go with it if this whole thing was like yeah it's conspiracy x but we are based 
on psychic powers. We're just going to use the Zenner cards as our thing. I would have been lauding this game as being fucking if rad. If it was purely Zenner card as the mechanics, it would have been the coolest idea ever. Right? That's a that's a, mecha- a resource I have not seen anyone touch yet. You know how many fucking tarot card games I've read? Yes. Sick of it. Playing cards, tarot cards, all sorts of nonsense has been used before. Some idiot even made something that used a fucking jack-in-the-box. What a jackass. Couldn't even be bothered to use the restaurant like, like a civilized man. What an absolute dildo. <laughs> and yet... Instead, they were like, no, we couldn't decide what we wanted to do, so here's all of it. Yeah. I mean, I love the concept of Zener cards for gameplay mechanic. I feel like that is an untapped resource, and there should be a shitload of of, uh, micro games boiling out after this episode releases, and people are like, fucking Zener cards? Well, how come there aren't a lot of games (laughs) using these I forgot that existed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure we're going to get an email any minute now that's like, it's pronounced Zener. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say we're going to get an email any minute now that's like, here's 27 different RPGs that do. Yeah, probably. There's nothing new under the sun, so. Yeah. But there's stuff that I haven't seen yet, and that is vanishingly rare. Yes, given how many RPGs we've looked at. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I think that's about everything I really wanted to talk about in this. I mean, mean, we already mentioned the base building thing, but you get... Five points per influence point, and what you can spend that on—it's very restrictive. Is restricted by what your category You're was. You're not going to get much to start unless the the uh, the GM for whatever reason really wants you to be playing out of a big old Men in Black type base. In which case, they'll just cheat and give you extra points. Oh yeah, the only way you do that is if every single character was like, "I'm going to put myself at a high influence, just spend yeah. all my points on influence," so that when we start, we're like, "Oh, we're in a cool underground bunker that has." rad science shit the problem you run into right away when you're doing cell construction is that almost all of the cool stuff you need requires a large room because the game's divided into large and small rooms for cell construction like you oh if you want a dark room for example to do photography that's just a small room no big deal you can yeah. do it in a broom closet but anything that's like oh i want a training room or a room full of weapons or a computer yeah, center I need a gym a gym all of these are airfields that can, all of these things are large rooms and until you get to, like, military base level, you have one large room. Yeah. So that's really, the influence notwithstanding, your biggest uh, limiting factor is this large room crap that pretty much guarantees that you're either doing a military base or an underground base, and the DM is cheating to help him to set it up because that's what he wants the game to be, or you're playing out of a fucking attic. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Going through this, I was like, interestingly, it means the number of players you have is going to make it so that you've got a better base. That is true, which makes sense. I mean, if you have 20 players, then obviously you need a place big enough for 20 people. It's probably going to be some kind of base. But if you're trying to do this game with like, oh, we've got two players, you're like, awesome, you're going out of your mom's garage. Yeah, I mean, really the right answer is, oh, uh, we have like 12 NPCs that have influence levels, and now we've got a base, and the, the NPCs all quit. I do like that for the influence points, because you get five of them, mm-hmm. and... The most expensive stuff is generally either going to be the actual base itself, because if you're like, we pick a warehouse, so we have a ton of room. Yeah. Okay, great. Or, you know, whatever you want to pick. That's going to cost you, like, four or five points. Yeah. But if you spend, like, one point on other stuff, you're like, I want guns. Great. One point gets you, like, 20 assault rifles. It buys you a room full of guns, because the game assumes you're... It's weird because it assumes you're the only agents in the in the industry when it comes to building your cell base, but then it looks like you're outfitting an army. 
Because every time you're like, well, I have an airfield. Okay, great. That takes three large rooms, so you're not getting this done. But fine, you have an airfield. It's loaded with airplanes and trained pilots and mechanics and stuff. And that, I mean, that's all shit you have to buy. Yeah. But you can get them so much cheaper than the base. Yeah. Because you're like, all right, I want a fucking plane. All right, cool. That costs you like three points. Yeah. And and uh, a whole ground crew was like a point. Yeah. Yeah. So getting personnel, unless you want them to be like, super badasses you're like oh yeah i want the best of the best all right great it cost you three points and now you have a super science team yeah i mean i appreciate the concept it's kind of fun to build your own base i remember always loving that whenever i came across it in a palladium game even though it was always bullshit oh yeah it's like ah build your own random mexican magical circus um <laughs> i'd be like yeah hell yeah i want to do this and then i realized it had no bearing on gameplay and it was just bullshit yeah, um, it was just some shit to full, fill pages. Yeah, here, I'm, I like it just because it's fun to build your own base. It does generate useful results, but I feel like it informs the overall tone of the game more than you'd want it to. Like, if you're like, well, we're going to play out of a secret underground volcano lair, but do we really need to have 45 players? Is that is that a thing? Or can we just be cool and have this base and have a lot of NPCs running around doing stuff? No. And we're just smaller cogs in the machine. Yeah, the problem is, because it's cell-based, they're like, no, everything you do basically has to be from you because every other cell doesn't know about any other cell and they don't want you to know about them. Yeah. Which means there isn't going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, Papa comes by and gives you a base or which, you go to Papa's base because they don't want you to know where that is. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird because ultimately that means that most of the, you're talking about a game where most times you're going to have four players, which means you're going to have a four player size base, which is basically like an, a warehouse or an office building. Yeah. I mean, um, assuming... Let's say everyone goes to Influence 2 because they didn't want to go whole hog on it. Yeah. And you're looking at like, all right, great. So we each have 10 points. We got 40. That can outfit a decent sized thing. You're not going to be a super spy, though. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have like an underground fucking jet plane that shoots out a blackbird and you go do a whole bunch of dumb nonsense. You're like, yeah, you have a warehouse where you can go and you've got equipment to study stuff. Yeah. And you basically look like one of the fucking Fast and Furious groups. Yeah. I just find it interesting that the game has those resources there for if you somehow manage to acquire them. Um, yeah. Because there's there's an entire downtime mechanic of trying to get more shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's pretty much the last thing that's worth talking about. Yeah. Um, the enemies are not in here. Yeah. There's Greys, Atlanteans, and Saurians. The Greys are psychic. Mm -hmm. The Atlanteans are nanotech super beings. And the Saurians are... Lizard folk, but they also can genetically or technically change matter and energy so that they can look human. Yes. So they yeah, are the MIB. Yes. And uh, the, the uh, you might be finding a, fighting a lot of greys and Atlanteans, but realistically, what you're more likely spending all your time with is seepage things. I so, mean, you'll probably end up being like, rather than I'm going to go fight a gray, you'll be like, ooh, I heard reports of an abduction here. Yes. Or I heard uh, uh, reports of werewolf attacks. And you're going to go there and be like, well, after two fights, you're going to know there's no fucking thing as werewolves, and it's all just people who went crazy from psychic seepage. Yeah, I mean, the the main thing you're probably going to deal with is the Black Book, because they're just your rival. They're, mm -hmm. they're out there while you're collecting Pokemon, they're and they're and like, let's, get, let's have a fight. <laughs> just get another Pikachu. <laughs> they're not rare. I'm your rival, and I need to do better than you. Oh, right, that fucking guy. Yeah. Ah, I beat you again. Ah, I'll train harder for well, next time. Fuck you, Gary. Get out of here. 40% of the fights in this game are me. <laughs> I don't care about you, Gary. <laughs> I am not your competitor. You're a shithead. <laughs>
I've only ever played um, the the sword, sword and shield. shield. So it's not even Ga- is that Gary? No, that, that, Gary's that, the one from like blue like and red. One, yeah. I forget the name of the kid in in, in uh, the first one, but he's just like a nice little dope. Oh yeah, he's your friend, and he's yeah. like, "I'm your best friend. We gotta train harder. Beat me in my pointless sheep again." Hey, I'm gonna do a thing. I picked the type of Pokemon that's the worst against yours. You're like, yeah, dude, I have stop. I I just can we just not? Can I, I feel so bad for I, you can right I now. Press F to pay respects. Uh my dude, I I picked a. <laughs> a leaf gorilla and you have a little squirt lizard and I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, I picked squirt lizard cuz squirt lizard gets a sniper rifle when you when you take him to the maximum. The, squirt lizard's my favorite. Oh, squirt lizard is great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but fucking the DK Congo gorilla liz the uh, leaf guy is like, "Yeah, let's fucking go, buddy." <laughs> Look, Rival, I appreciate your sheep has evolved, but I moved on from my starter Pokemon years ago to a dragon that is an aircraft carrier for more dragons. Look, (laughs) I'm running around here with two different gods and an aircraft carrier. I think maybe (laughs) we shouldn't be fighting anymore. Pick another guy. Just find someone on your level. You are JV. (laughs) I'm so sorry to say this, but you are scrub and I don't want none. What's your favorite thing about Conspiracy X? Uh, I think my favorite thing about it is the idea of trainings. Mm-hmm. Uh, being, if they didn't have a skill system, the trainings of just being like, yeah, you have your stats, and these are things you know how to do, and if it's ever a thing that's like, you need to do the base level competency of this, you can. If something weird happens and you have to do something else while doing it, we'll test that. I was like, that's a good system. Mm-hmm. That is an actual good idea so that you don't have to worry about having 50 million things unlike what they did. I like that. What half. is your favorite thing? Uh, again, it's it's a halfway there thing, and it's the Zenner cards. Yeah. It's a neat idea. I, I like the idea of, of testing whether or not your players have uh, have ESP to let them use ESP in the game the way that you really test to see if people have ESP. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. Being like, ooh, you want to have a hunch? Well, then. Yeah. That this, the fact that they are only used for that and that they basically just become a math check, They're, they basically boil down to a, to a, a guessable percentage check, is uh, not my favorite, but I like the concept that Zenner cards are a thing that gets used in gameplay here. Yeah, I do so, like that. So that's my favorite thing. What's your least favorite thing? Christ almighty, the damage system in this is so awful. The overly complicated way that it tries to get everything done and the fact that every single... Attack not only has a ton of rolls, but just damage itself is like five different rolls you need to make. Yes. It is needlessly complex and a system that is more than just a death spiral because in games where it's like, oh, you got hit, now you're minus one, you're like, oh, okay, that kind of sucks. But in a game where it's like, oh, I, I attacked first, you failed your stun roll. I'm just going to keep kicking the shit out of you, and you are not allowed to do anything. Not just, I'm doing it at a minus one. I just get to sit there and watch as you beat yeah, the shit out of like, me. Yeah, like, I pay an action point to, to buy off my stun result or something. Yeah, I mean, the check is easier to make for the less damaging things. I mean, in the non-lethal, it's much less likely, and a flesh wound, you have some advantage for trying to make the, the check. Mm-hmm. But honestly the second you fail you're like oh you're fucked 
yeah. you are absolutely screwed. What they did was they sacrificed fun on the altar of realism and came up with neither. Yeah, the fact that this is a game about like, ah, oh, you're a cool dude who knows about psychic powers and aliens anyway. We wanted to make the combat as realistic as possible. I'm like, the rest of your game isn't. Stop it. Yeah, don't do that. It's not... It, it It's irritating. It, it it slows the game down tremendously. Yeah, the fact that they're like, we want combat to be punishing and real, which means it'll take 15 minutes to try and resolve one attack. I'm like, no, stop. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your least favorite thing? I'm going to take the overcomplicated dice resolution mechanic where there's just way too many different levers you can move around. Yeah. Um. So To the point where it's really hard to remember what's coming up next or what you might have to roll. There's... It's just so confusing where you can be like, well, I'm moving target difficulties, I'm moving target numbers, I'm moving dice result ranges, I'm moving stat values, and all of these pieces are moving, and not only are they all moving, there are games where, where you see, there we've seen multiple games where the player can control the uh, their, their die number, and the DM can control the difficulty value. Yeah. So you have a, a clear delineation of why move, uh, numbers are moving up and down on either level, and who's doing it, and why they're doing it. Here it feels full-on arbitrary. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that players have no input on their roles mm-hmm. outside of maybe calling for a luck check mm-hmm. is like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and you tell me what my dice number is. And it makes it so much more complicated for the GM because they have to be the one in charge of every lever. Yeah. But then the players are just like, all right, I have no control over anything. Let me know if I can do something. Yeah. So. So there you have it. I uh I that's definitely my least favorite part of this. Would you play Conspiracy X? No, I don't I don't like this style of game. I mean, even if the systems were okay, I'm just not into the whole X-Files type system. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not really a genre that I care for. What if they weren't aliens but they were from another dimension and you could go to that other dimension? Oh, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent into it. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of there with you, actually, even though I am aliens are my favorite genre of horror. uh, The aliens are the one thing I'm really interested in when it comes to occult shit. I think it's kind of fun to to think about. Uh, This is too much realism, unfun, alphabet soup type stuff and not enough men in black for me. Yeah. The fact that you as a player are like, okay, I can kind of fuck around and maybe find out about like oh the black book's trying to do whatever or oh this alien is doing a thing and i gotta stop him but you're just like four dudes in a warehouse it's not like you're stopping the saurians no no so there's the end game here i like a game where i'm like i can affect things or eventually i can affect things yes whereas this is like uh you're just gonna fuck around and maybe you'll find out I'm not. I'm not into. Um, I'm. I'm generally not into the alphabet soup play. No. We've we've had a couple. Counterterrorism was a uh, network was another game we played where it was. How do you choose your character class? Well, you choose one of a variety of different U.S. organizations, and now to explain every one of them in detail. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Forestry Service. I'm the, from the Stamp Council. <laughs> the closest I would get is some Scooby Doo level shit. And that's about as close to this style of game that I would get. And there's a better game for that, for sure. I mean, there are I, I don't know way better it. games. Yeah. Kids on bikes, bubblegum shoes, anything like that. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's, a, that's a no from both of us on this one, although I reserve the right to assume it's better in later printings and later versions. Who knows? Who knows? I, I didn't care for this. Yeah. 
Uh, John already mentioned about our Patreon earlier in the episode. Go there. Go to patreon.com slash systemastery and give us a dollar and you'll unlock the bonus content where we make characters in that game. A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. It's a great deal. It's a bargain. Yeah. Look at it. Look, what were you going to do with that dollar, huh? Get a drizzle on something? Huh? You're going to get a drizzle? Get two jack-in-the-box tacos? You can't. They jacked that price up years ago. Yeah. Now it's like a buck seventy-five for two jack-in-the-box tacos. Not worth it. God, I still get it instead of fries anyway, though. (laughs) Or instead of getting fries or a jack-in-the-box taco, you could get great podcast content from System Master. Hell, for the cost of one thing of large jack-in-the-box fries, you could join our $5 tier and get all of our content. All of it. Do you know how expensive fries are these days? You'll never have to hear your boss clicking away at her pen at work ever again. That's right. Every time that Steve comes back from lunch and he's just got a bag of chips and he's crunching them and he's crunching them and then it stops and you're like, blessedly, he is done. And then you hear another bag rip open and he's crunching them and you're like, I can't take it. I'm going to kill Steve. (laughs) We're here for you. We're we there. We can't do anything about how he had microwaved fish for lunch. I'm sorry. Steve sucks. There's nothing Steve's we can the do. fucking worst. I get it. We can only help so much. We can only help with one of your senses, but the other ones are coming soon. <laughs> if we get enough patrons, eventually we'll have smell-o-vision. I think we might be the worst possible show for that. <laughs> or the best? Perhaps the best. As soon as I said that, I thought about Micro's dirty jobs, and I don't want to smell his shitty Republican ass. <laughs> Uh, excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on another uh, System Mastery. Yeah, you're the best. And we'll see you again real soon with yet more System Mastery. Have a good one. Uh.